0: 106.3 FM by WJQSTHAN.com.
1: It's time now for a pawn further review with your host Josh Dorman here on WJQS The Fan.
2: Welcome in, another Monday night here on a pawn further review. I am your host Josh Dorman, and uh, we appreciate you listening to us. WJQS 106.3 FM, The Fan, 1400 a.m. Maybe you're on WJQSThefan.com, Tune in radio app, wherever it is that you're joining us. We appreciate you joining us here on a Monday night as uh, we've got a great week of weather ahead, and that will uh, certainly serve the uh, MHSAA State Championships in football that uh, we will discuss here in a bit uh, with Chris Brooks. That will serve those games well. Have some beautiful weather to participate in down at the Rock in Hattiesburg. And uh, so we've got Chris Brooks coming up at 6.15. Chris Brooks uh, with 24 7 Sports covering Ole Miss as well as uh, CapitalSportsMS.com. A familiar name. Used to have a show on uh, 1059, the sister station uh, of this station you're listening to now. And certainly does a great job covering not just ath- high school athletics, but now uh, Ole Miss and what they're doing up there in Oxford. So we're going to pick his brain for a couple segments and uh, get him to help us break down each MHSA game this weekend. Um, and uh, so we're, we're excited about having him coming up. We'll also have the judge in the second hour. Uh, he'll throw the, the coach's challenge flag, and he's got some good things in store for us, uh, not just with that but uh, also with uh, his good call, bad call of the week. I uh, want to thank Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, bcbsms.com. Live healthy, live blue. Um, if you want to give us a call, give us a call, 601-366-1180, or shoot us a text at 601-817-0106 if you'd like to participate in the show. We're going to be breaking down, uh, as I mentioned, the MHSA State Football Championship uh, contest this weekend. We'll also be talking some college football, a uh, little Lincoln Riley to, uh to Southern California, and uh what that means and the domino effect that will happen there we're also going to break down uh, a little nba and uh, focus in in the second hour hour a little bit on on the importance of the draft and some trends that we've seen with regards to the number 1 pick and we're going to equate that to uh, the game that took place last week between gonzaga and duke which was a fantastic game gonzaga was obviously ranked number 1 at that at the time of that contest duke number 5 84-81, Duke wins it, but a tremendous amount of talent on the floor, including the uh, what most believe will be the number one and number two picks of the NBA draft next year. So we've got some things to correlate to that, uh, a little analysis that we've done, uh, among other things. So it's going to be a great show, and we certainly appreciate you tuning in wherever you are. Hope your Monday is off to a great start. Hope your week's off to a great start, and we appreciate you taking a couple hours uh, to hang out with us and talk all things sports. Uh, want to start the show, uh, first of all, welcoming Bill. Bill, how are we doing? I'm doing good. Still stuffed from all that turkey. Yeah, I was going to ask you, did you have a, did you have a good Thanksgiving? <laughs> yeah, it was pretty good, yeah. What's your hey, favorite too much as usual. Thanksgiving yeah. food?
1: Uh, it's got to be my wife's dressing. Okay. Yeah, not stuffing, but dressing.
2: All right, so is it a cornbread base? Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's and really good. here's the question. The big question about dressing, does it have sage in it? You know, I'm not really
1: sure what, I don't
2: I know it tastes good.
1: It tastes good. I don't know how she makes it. That's what matters to you. She has people that, that order it. All right. Is the Wilson is.
2: family a ham family or a turkey family?
1: Well, we go to a, our same friend of ours who lives at uh, Castlewoods every year. We've been doing, going to his house for like 40 years. Okay. And he always makes a turkey and a ham. Okay. And then we have dumplings. Wow. Uh, chicken and dumplings. Yes. Stuff. Everything you can think of. Pies. We have all kinds of desserts. It's just way, way too much.
2: <laughs> yes. Okay.
1: But, yeah, the dressing's really good. That's one of my
2: favorite things, that she makes a couple yeah. pans of it every year. For that's this. fantastic. That's fantastic. Well, that's terrific. Uh, it's, Thanksgiving's always a, a fun time. You know, there's a lot that goes on. And I saw, uh, you know, uh, my boy Ryan Higdon down at Raleigh will be playing this weekend. I saw some tweets from him uh, about, the, the hey, just being able to practice on Thanksgiving Day if you're a football team um you know be having a chance to be in that semifinal final contest uh, a lot of fun stuff that goes on around that thanksgiving specifically you have all the thanksgiving nfl games uh you had some it was a huge weekend of college football obviously a lot of moving pieces we'll also give you our top four uh coming up later in the show with regards to where that stands and uh, a little shakeup there for us and then there's a couple outsiders looking in that uh, could could produce a lot of movement, but um, so we missed you last week. We weren't on on air. Obviously, uh, our family took a little Thanksgiving trip, and so uh, Bill and I and the rest of the crew we we took the uh, the week off. And it's it's great to be back with you. But a couple things that I want to highlight uh, that that happened that we did not have a chance to highlight uh, prior uh, or in in the last show. Obviously, we weren't here. Is the M A I S Mid South Association of Independent Schools there? Uh, football championships and I had the privilege to work five or five of these six either on the sideline or in the booth on the color commentary and uh, with the MAIS network uh, alongside uh, just a host at Joe Cook from WAPT obviously Brian Eubank uh, uh, Tommy Barnett was a part of that Jake Wim was a part of that uh, you know him from the drive afternoon drive on 105.9 just had a, the opportunity to Work with a, a an incredible group of people. Uh, I learn so much every time I get a chance to to do those weeks because these are seasoned uh, announcers that do a tremendous job in broadcasting. And so, uh, certainly fortunate to have been a part of that once again. The, the The MaIS network is powered by the Raider Network, which belongs to Jackson Academy, and uh, just it's it's the best high school uh, uh, football broadcast um, from the standpoint of professionalism, quality. Uh, It's unbelievable. This year they added, Bill, they added the first down and line to gain onto the broadcast, Uh, just like you were watching NFL on Sundays or college football on Saturdays. Uh, But the coolest feature that they added, they had several times where we had to go to a measurement, and they had a circle that they could zoom in and zero in on the measurement while you're watching. It was fantastic. Um, just a lot of kudos. That thing is run by uh, Josh Hinkle and Eddie Weddick and and the rest of the group out there that just do a, an amazing job. So want to give a highlight to our state champions from that association uh, and give you a little bit of a rundown. Uh, DeSoto School defeated Briarfield Academy. That's eight-man football, Class 1A championship. Uh, DeSoto School out of Arkansas, and uh, Briarfield Academy out of Louisiana. Remember, that association is the Mid-South Association of Independent Schools, includes schools from uh, Arkansas, Louisiana, Mississippi, uh, possibly could have one over there out of Alabama on the east side of the state as well. In Class 2A football championship, Manchester Academy was going for the turkey. They were going for the three-peat, and they were defeated by Prairie View 50-27. 50-27. Once again, an eight-man football. And I want to pause here. A lot of football purists don't really like eight-man football. Uh, but I want to tell you this. It is a fun brand of football. All it is is it's seven on seven with a little bit of a line. Uh, you know, and so it just the way that they utilize matchups, one-on-one situations, the creativity offensively, it's it's just a lot of fun to watch. So congratulations to Prairie View defeating Manchester out of Yazoo uh, City 50-27. to 27. In 3A, Greenville Christian, the best team in the state, uh, you know, at this point. You know, now, now I'm sure that Madison Central and, uh, and Brandon and some others would obviously like a, a say in that, but this is a team that is not lost in state. Uh, they they beat the three big Jackson schools in the Mid-South Association of Independent Schools. They also defeated Oak Grove at Oak Grove, uh, and they also um, went over to Georgia and played very respectfully against uh, Collins Hill in that big contest. They defeated Canton Academy 46-6 to get their second, their back-to-back championships. Uh, Coach McClendon's been on the show a couple times. Congratulations to him and the Saints on that back-to-back championship. Uh, defeating Canton Academy. And 4A, what a dominant performance by running backs and a front in Tri-County Academy uh, out of Florida, did a tremendous job against Kirk Academy. Uh, Kirk Academy played a – it was a heck of a football game, but, but, uh, you know, I don't know the combination, but basically you had two running backs, uh, I believe, that were um, combined for uh, 400 yards almost of rushing for Tri-County Academy. Uh, Tri-County Academy did a terrific job. Uh, Class 5A, Kapaya Academy was beaten by Heritage Academy. Let me tell you something. Matt Coward, a four-star recruit, you might have seen the picture on Twitter. He and Stone Blanton, the parade uh, or Under Armour Armour All-American from Madison Ridgeland Academy. They were at the Clemson game together. Uh, This kid, Matt Coward, can absolutely spin the football. Uh, a junior for heritage academy and uh and he was he was just phenomenal uh just had all the throws uh strong arm the whole deal and then in 6A MRA goes for the turkey once again three Pete for MRA uh, they have now won three in a row in the highest classification uh, in the Mid-South Association of Independent Schools after Jackson Prep won seven in a row. MRA, the dominant program, led by Stone Blanton on defense, uh, but obviously John White, the quarterback, he can spin it. They had Davis Dalton at wide receiver, Street Toller wide receiver, just a dominant performance, defeating Hartfield Academy 42-7. to Uh, Some congratulations to all of those uh, MAIS state champion football teams, their schools, and their communities. We're going to come back with Chris Books to talk about this weekend's MHSAA football championships and some Ole Miss football. Don't go anywhere. You're listening to Upon Further Review. We'll be right back.
3: 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. Saturdays. Your bank, your
1: plus. Learn more at bankplus.net. Member FDIC. Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Dorman, on WJQS The Fan.
2: And welcome back in Upon Further Review. I am your host, Josh Dorman, and you are listening to Upon Further Review on 106.3 FM The Fan or 1400 AM here in the Jackson Metro area. WJQSTheFan.com as well. Uh, We spent the last segment uh, highlighting the state champions. Uh, for the MAIS we also have some uh, rosters for the upcoming uh, all-star game and uh, we now are are just delighted man to be welcoming in Chris Brooks capitalsportsms.com and also 247 Sports uh, handling the duties for Ole Miss and covering uh, Ole Miss up in Oxford Chris how we doing this evening Good. What's going on, Dorman? How you doing, man? Let me tell you something. I, I'm I'm trying to be like you here on this radio gig, and uh, and and so I've tried to go back and listen to some of your old shows and uh, see if I could get some pointers. Uh, so I I'm hoping can, I can give you pointers now, man. Okay. Well, let let me hear it. What's like the top three things for this thing?
3: Okay. Walk when you walk in there, you pull up ESPN. Okay, on the computer. Okay. And you just kind of see what's happening there. And if you don't like that, then you just go to the National Day Calendar and see what what's a good topic for the day. That's about it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I love- it's like Squirrel Day or you know Turkey Day or Chicken Day, whatever it is, and you can build a show around that. But hey, look, you know, the honest truth is the only real show prep I ever did just when you're on Twitter through the day, you see something funny, bookmark that sucker. There bookmark you go. Was a great invention.
2: <laughs> I love it. Well, speaking of uh, chicken and turkey, how was your Thanksgiving?
3: It was good, man. It was good to spend some time with family. Um, We always go out to – we start by going out to Vicksburg with my wife's family, spending time with them, came back with my mom and my brother and sister here. So, uh, man, I I can't complain, certainly better than I deserve.
2: Fantastic, fantastic. Well, look, let's go backwards first. You had the opportunity to be uh, at the MAIS Championships, and I tweeted about this Uh, to me, Chris – uh, the level of talent – now, it's a lot of underclassmen, but the level of talent in the Mid-South Association of Independent Schools is probably the greatest depth of talent that I've seen. Would you agree with that?
3: Yeah, I, I think at the top. Now, they've always had really good players. They have. But, uh, you know, and I want to say especially in some of the lower classes, you know, like, well, of course, with what Greenville Christian did in 3A, Okay, but that's that's a little out of the ordinary – but your three, your four, your five A schools, there's definitely more talent. You know, you've always had it coming through with your preps and your MRAs, your JAs. And so that's always been there. I do think that stepped up. Look, just look at the coaching staff that we've yeah. we, we brought in here. And, you know, what Herbert's doing, what Lance's doing. Um, but I do think top to bottom, there's more talent talent in that league now than there's ever been and, and that was on display at those championship games
2: yeah it was tremendous it was tremendous well let's look forward now uh and talk a little mhsa football and get your perspective. Let's break down each one of these uh, upcoming state championship contests. And, uh, look, if you want to visit Chris's website, capitalsportsms.com, uh, you can go to find out all that they have writing about uh, the uh, football state championships. The uh, They have uh, an article up there with regards to the MIS All-Stars. Uh, so I'd encourage you to visit his site. Uh, let's start with Friday in the Class uh, 3A game at 11 a.m., uh coach Mancuso and his Jeff Davis County takes on Amory. uh w- w- who do you like in that game and why
3: I like Jefferson Davis County for one a lot of it is just due to Lance and what coach Mancuso has been able to do there I mean it's it's every year they do this they do this every year yeah uh, they 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 start the season kind of slow and it's because they play a difficult schedule they do it every year uh, at least as long as I've been doing this and then you look at their record, you know, two and three some years, and then all of a sudden, you know, they they turn it on, and you get to the end of the year, and they're they're right where they are. So that that's that's a big part of it, just what I've seen him do over the years. But also, they have this kid named Malcolm Hartzog, uh, Josh. It's just he's he's a big deal. He's a little guy, from what I understand. I haven't had a chance to see him, but I know he's averaging. Uh, like well over 10 yards of carry. It's, I want to say it's something crazy. I, I could be wrong, but like a 12, 13, 14 yards a carry kind of a thing. But um, not a big guy, but just crazy fast, and people haven't been able to tackle him all year. He won Mr. Football in 3A this year for the MHSAA. Uh, that kid I think is going to be hard to stop.
2: Okay. Yeah, he's. I think he's a 5'10", 175-pound. He's actually at the collegiate level uh, listed as a, as a potential quarter, uh, Excuse me, cornerback. And uh, so he's got speed. Uh, He'll be a player to watch in that contest. And uh, I agree with you. man. cusso has been doing it uh, since since his Bassfield days. Uh, And one of his protégés we'll talk about later. And that's Ryan Higdon. And uh, we'll talk about his crew with with Raleigh. Uh, But let's move now to the one a contest at three o'clock. And remember, all of these state championship contests uh, are at the rock. Uh, on the campus of Southern Mississippi and Hattiesburg this year. And uh, the 1A championship at 3 p.m. P- on uh, Friday uh, is Bay Springs and an undefeated Simmons team. Who do you like in that contest?
3: Okay, It's going to be a good game. You know, We've had years the last three, four years where Simmons sometimes almost felt like they were an overwhelming favorite. And that might be the case again this year because they roll in here and nobody's really played with them all year, but had a hard time playing with them. So Bay Springs is good. Um, oh, man, I'm drawing a blank on the junior that they have. Uh, one stud running back. That's going to be a big deal next year. I'm just drawing a blank. But but they are going up against a Simmons team again. I know that they had the Mr. Football in 1A, kid by the name of Vontrez Rush. And you know how it is at that level especially. Kids going both ways. They, they rarely leave, leave the field, that kind of thing. So he can do that when they need it. But he's kind of a big bruising running back. I want to say ran for somewhere between 1,500 and 2,000 yards this year. Uh, he'll be hard to stop. Wow. But you'll see two of those guys. I mean, both teams have big-time running backs. That should be a good one.
2: Fantastic. All right, so now maybe the greatest story uh, in in high school football is both with one-year coaches, well, excuse me, first-year yeah. head coaches, uh, both from the metro area. Uh, uh, you've got Brandon High School, Sam Williams, Madison Central, Toby Columns, uh, both left metro area schools to go to their current schools and now will meet in the state championship game uh Brandon Madison Central uh both missing a very big piece offensively Brandon with the running back uh and Madison Central with the quarterback who do you like in that contest and why
3: yeah and, and you know what i heard about Brandon and first of all congrats to both of those schools you know we almost got that game in jackson uh, with, with Coliseum and didn't work out there. Well, Memorial Stadium. And, you know, didn't work out. Some scheduling conflicts potentially popping up there. We went to Southern. That would have been very cool to have yes. that in town. Yes. Uh, but, but both teams heading down to, to Hattiesburg, like you said, they're both great guys, both great coaches Sam Williams and, and Toby Collins. They're different. You know, Toby's a, an offensive guy. Um, I've told people this for years. He was at Northwest Rankin for several years. So, I mean, I know him real well, consider him a very good friend. That he was one of the best offensive coaches in the state, and then he goes to Madison Central, and he they did what they did this year. Yeah, and then Sam's different. You know, he's man. I'm I'm listening to a pregame show of Sam. This is this is Sam. What he's done to Brandon in a nutshell, and also ties the Northwest ranking. And, and Sam's a good friend too. He's an awesome guy, but he's on uh, on their pregame show uh, when they were playing Pearl regular season, and he said something to the effect of. You know we can't wait to play the game. This is just one of those um, guys. Just see who's going to bend the other's face mask or something like that, something along those lines. Man, he loves teaching old yes. school physical football. Yeah. And biggest man, best man's going to win the thing. That's Brandon in a nutshell this year. Yeah. Okay. They definitely have a toughness to them that I don't want to say didn't have, but it's it's elevated. Right. And uh, I thought they were going to have a hard time when their running back went out when they Blunt went down. I thought that was going to hurt them, but they still had a shot. Um, but, but to see them get there, it's not a shock. I mean, they've been playing like this the second half of the season since those first two losses. Yeah. But then Madison Central, I did not think they would get past Starkville without Vic Sutton. Yep. Um, I, uh, I heard about the injury. I started to text Toby, but I didn't want, to, didn't want to do that. I knew he, he potentially had lost his quarterback. And uh, I didn't think they could beat Starkville. They already lost that game in the regular season with Vic and uh, he's out of that game and then they still win it and they win it handily. Look, all due respect to those players, that is a really good top to bottom team. Mm. They have players, but yeah. also man, that's that's a big time coaching job to lead those kids in there without your signal caller and to win that game like that. I'm, I'm very proud for proud for those kids too, but but for Toby.
2: All right, so who do you have in that one uh picking? You got two coaching buddies. We've had both of them on this show. Uh who do you who do you go with in that one?
3: I like how brand. I've- I'm going to say Madison Central makes me nervous that the quarterback's not playing. Yeah. At the end of the year, when both teams were healthy, I thought Madison Central was a little bit better. Mm. But but that's going to make it interesting.
2: Yeah. And here's the great thing: both teams have uh, basically an hour forty-five minutes. I'm just glad I have my hotel reservations already for Hattiesburg because uh, it's a you know they're going to bring a lot of people down there to the Rock. That's going to be an exciting atmosphere. And, uh, you know, Brandon knocked off a very good Oak Grove team who was looking Thank to you. try to play in, in a quote-unquote home state championship once again uh, yeah. down there at the Rock. And, uh, and so two, two very good coaches, uh, very well-coached football teams, as you have mentioned, and that one should be a clash of titans at 7 p.m. on Friday night. Um, we're going to talk 4 uh, a now, 11 a.m. You've got the Fighting Builder Backs. From Columbia, uh, taking on Sinatobia. Uh, who you have in that one? Okay, I've had a chance to see Columbia a couple of times.
3: And, of course, everybody's going to talk about uh, Jaheim Otis, the big defensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Look, if I, I almost hate to do this and to single out players because it's a team game and all of those things. And they have a running back down there at Columbia named Bill Barr Johnson. It's a big deal. Okay, he's given them a chance to win this year. But if you're in it for some of the spectacle, I'm talking about like your, your sideline fan, you know, maybe not fully him. You won't see a kid like that kid at Columbia mm. with Jaheim Otis. He's, I would guess, I was told like in the spring, Jaheim, he's right around 390 to 400. Now. Wow. And uh, I know he was 389 in the spring. Wow. And, but you still hear coaches tell you stories, and it seems like old Wise Tales, but you hear stories about, hey, look, the kid can still do a standing back flip. <laughs> uh, I know I, Josh no joke here wow I watched them beat Poplarville last week in, a, in an awesome game and after one really big stop the kid stuff set up the middle and he can't go hard every play that's the only downside he's he's, he's too big he to yeah. got to lose play but uh man big they had a timeout he comes out rejuvenated you know he's got his win, blows the play up and I swear man he comes running off the field and did one of these flying chest bumps with a coach and, you know, he looked like Dominic Wilkins for a second <laughs> four a Oh, I it love like it. the craziest thing I've ever seen. I but love that, it. that's going to be a really good football game between that two big-time football teams.
2: I love it. Don't go anywhere. We've got Chris Brooks joining us. He'll be back for the next segment, segment with us as well. We're going to break down the 2A and the 5A state championships as well as talk some Ole Miss football. Don't go anywhere. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this.
3: Contests, social media, and podcasts. Create custom alarms with your favorite radio stations. All free with the radio.com
0: app.
1: Welcome back to Upon Further Review with Josh
2: Dorman. Call us on our caller line at 601 366 1180. And we welcome you back in upon further review. I am Josh Dorman. We are joined once again by Chris Brooks of capitalsportsms.com for all of your uh, high school coverage needs and high school athletics around the state. He also is of 247, 24/7, 247sports.com and covers Ole Miss uh, for those guys. And so we welcome him back and appreciate Chris joining us. Chris, let's go to uh, the 4A, excuse me, 2A contest that will be 3 p.m. on Saturday, The really the class of, uh, of 2A Scott Central undefeated uh, takes on LaFleur County, who comes into it at 10-3. and 3. Uh, What do you see in that contest, and who do you like?
3: Scott Central is going to be hard to beat. Uh, I've heard that from the start of the year. Uh, when, when we got started, you know, Northwest Rankin, had, we picked up a new coach this year, obviously, with Toby Collins going to Madison Central. Devin Cooper came in. Mm-hmm. And Devin's already won a 2A championship at Scott Central, which is where he's from. And uh, Devin had that thing ready to go again this year. So, and I'm talking to him you know, before the season gets started when he comes up to Northwest Rankin, and we're talking to him about Scott Central. like They were ready for this. So that they're 14-0 and 0 right now and undefeated is not a shock. Now, they've had competition along the way. There were some good teams in 2A this year that tried their best to knock them off. Um, but nobody could get it done. I mean, there's teams got close, just couldn't couldn't get over the hump. Yeah, I, I can't, I can't see it being any different. In the state championship game. I think that team's ready. I think they're going to be hard to play. They're explosive, real athletic, and they're deep. That I think that's going to be your winner in two A.
2: Scott Central in two A. All right, let's go to five A. Seven p.m. on Saturday night. Uh, that is Pickyune uh, will take on West Point. Pickyune comes in at thirteen and one. West Point at eleven and two. Who do you like in that one, and why?
3: Okay, well, I've learned one lesson when you're picking games, so high school level and five eight, you don't pick against West Point ever. <laughs> you, you look you look real dumb, so I've made it a point I'll never pick against those kids. <laughs> ever. West Point uh, what it Chris is. stainless has done there. You know how that is there, Josh. I yes. mean, football is a big deal to that community, to the to the kids there, like it's it's a badge of honor kind of a thing, you know, and, and not just winning, but how they win how they run the football, how they play football, toughness and all those things, they're very hard to play in the playoffs. Now, Picayune has built that kind of a you know, legacy in the South in 5A. And, and, and they've gotten it done, just not as much as West Point's been able to do it. And I want to say before last year, I think the number was four. I think they had won four or five in a row before West Jones got it last year. But uh, but still, I'm going to go with the odds here. West, West Point's really hard to play in the playoffs, and especially in this game.
2: West Point it is in 5A. And uh, so that wraps it up for our high school MHSA State Football Championships. I want to remind you that you can listen to all of those on 105.9, uh, the zone here in the local uh, area, or you can catch it on a PBS-affiliated station statewide uh, and you can catch all of those contests. want to encourage you to tune in to those. All right, let's move up to Oxford, Chris, and talk a little Ole Miss football. Uh, talk about uh, the importance, uh, 10 wins in the regular season for the first time in school history, and, and it's a program that's had some success uh, over the years. Uh, talk about the importance of that number, the importance of uh, of probably getting a New Year's Six Bowl, and, uh, and where that program is headed under Lane Kiffin.
3: Yeah, it's it's a huge deal to get there because I don't think anybody in their right mind thought they'd be there this year. Uh, Not two or three years ago where they were with, you know, when Matt Luke was, was wrapping his tenure up in Oxford and, you know, the NCAA thing, you were kind of at the end of that. And Lane Kiffin comes in there, and, you know, I had a funny tweet, and I just did this, not as a joke, I was thinking it at the time, but before we hired both, how great it would be to get Lane Kiffin and Mike Leach down here in Mississippi. Yes, and then it just, it just worked out that they both get down here. Look, besides the coaching part, Lane okay, Kiffin was a huge shot in the arm for a program that was just – maybe floundering's not the right word, but they'd had some success under Hugh Freeze, and they just they couldn't get any traction. And then he comes in there and just can breathe life into that thing. Yeah. Um, some of it's him. A lot of it's him. The X's and O's of what they do offensively. I mean, what he was able to do with Matt Corral is pretty incredible. Yeah, and a lot of that is Corral, and and he inherited a quarterback that was really talented. That works both ways, but but he works magic with him too. Um, I do think he came in in the right circumstances with the, the new rules, the transfer portal, and all of those things. You know, if you paid attention when he took over that program, he he started this hashtag, and he's always talking about pro mindset. You know, we're going to treat this, which is kind of the opposite of what they had done the, the couple previous coaches. Different approach. We're going to get you to the NFL. We're going to take a business-like approach to this, but they almost treat recruiting like that mm. in terms of the portal, going out, filling holes, and you look up and down that roster, especially on the defense. Yes. They filled a lot of holes with kids that came in through the portal, through transfers, and they filled holes, filled gaps, and they played well, and look like if you're following recruiting this year they're talking about possibly taking as many as 10 or 12 of those kids this year and uh, just the rules of the game you're you're not thinking so much 3 4 years down the line anymore you know you're trying to build the roster for next year and i do think that's when 10 and 2 comes into play when lane kiffin's name comes into play it Helps make them more attractive for those type players.
2: It's almost like what a a D two or D three really D three. If you think back in your uh, your experiences in the D three level at Mississippi College, yeah. uh, what they do with the junior college system. Uh, it's it's very difficult to bring in freshmen to that level and wait out the time to develop those players, and so they can win next year with junior college. He can win next year with transfer portal.
3: Hey, there's, there's no doubt. And look, Josh, in with you, with your history at MC, you understand how this works, not just the junior colleges. You remember what it was like to be looking at a kid that maybe got away that went to a lower Division I, Yeah. and maybe he's not having a ton of success. Is he happy or not where he is? Is, is he going to try to get out of there? And if he does, well, at that point, well, then maybe you get in contact with them once they declare, hey, we're leaving here. Well, now this is just – it's just a lot open season for all of that. Yeah, You miss kids the first time around, but you're watching them. And, and let's be honest with everybody knows that everybody's tampering with each, each other's players constantly. Yes. Okay. It's, it's the same rule with like a kid can't to contact you during certain dead periods or you can't contact them but you can call their best friend to tell so-and-so to call you back. Right, so, right. I mean, it's like an insult to all of our intelligence. Yes. But you, just, now they can go get those players. And you have all of this movement. Look, just today, if you followed this online, the transfer portal, and all of these kids moving around, it's just like that, man. Yeah. When you're D2, when you're looking at these lower kids and these lower D1s that may not be happy that – didn't work out as well as they thought, but you know they can still help you.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And
3: uh, it's completely changed how maybe not Alabama or Ohio State, the ones that are always getting their pick of the litter, but for teams that don't get the first pick and also maybe worried that they can't convince a kid to stick around two or three years to develop or they're going to go somewhere, it's, it's changed how those teams are recruiting.
2: Talk about the importance uh, of another. You know, we talked about offensively what Lane Kiffin, Matt Corral, the group offensively has been able to do. But talk about the progression, because a lot of the knock on Ole Miss coming into the year was they weren't going to be able to stop anybody. And yeah. the job that D.J. Durkin has done, much maligned out of his time in Maryland, uh, had to kind of reestablish himself and and get past some of those things. But he comes in, and this defense, if I'm not mistaken, is almost two touchdowns better in, 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 in points against this year – over last year, uh, what has he been able to do defensively that that you've seen or heard uh, to to get that much improvement on the defensive side of the football?
3: Well, well, it starts with players first of all, and they are doing some different things just schematically. But I don't want to get into the X's and O's and bogged in that and, and look dumb doing it because you know that's it's it's easy to look out there and and see the obvious, but you can't see the details of what all they're doing. Right. But I do know that. They took a little different approach, sit back a little bit more, you know, let teams beat themselves. They forced turnovers, you know, they did some of that, but they were able to do it because of a couple of players. You know, Sam Williams has the year that he has. and uh, look, they made one hire outside of Durkin, who I do think did a great job. Um, this guy named Randall Joyner came in to coach defensive line, and he made a huge difference. Like they were better up front, some better players. But that guy is is really good from what I hear. Mm. Um, Sam Williams has the year he has. They were able to get pressure on a quarterback. Chance Campbell comes in from Maryland. He does what he did this year. I mean, look, not just him, but, um, Mark Robinson comes in. That's a that's a lower-level running back. And he comes in as not a running back. They switch him over to defense, and he ends up being their third-leading tackle. Man. But they had several of those kind of guys, but it's half and half. I do think Durkin did a great job with them. But um, they brought in some players through the portal and transfers that absolutely made them look different and gave them a chance to do what they did this year.
2: Well, i tell you what, 24-7 has brought in a game changer and Chris Brooks have always done a great job at capitalsportsmississippi.com, capitalsportsms.com. Uh, follow Chris on 247sports.com as well. Chris, we appreciate you taking some time to break down some high school football as well as Ole Miss. I uh, look forward to catching up uh, in the uh, coming days, my friend.
3: Yeah, always good to talk to you, Dorman. I'll see you later, buddy. Sounds
2: great. That was Chris Brooks. We appreciate him joining us. We'll be back with more upon further review right after this.
1: Hey, Chrissy, it's Leo. We're going to need some backup on Friday night, okay? Leo's Limos needs to say, I do, to four commercial drivers. You booked another wedding on Saturday? Before wedding season. No, 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 I'll make it work. Indeed can help him hire great people fast. I need Indeed. Indeed you do. With Indeed Instant Match, we immediately show you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed meet your sponsored job description. Visit Indeed.com/slash credit and get $75 towards your first sponsored job. Terms and conditions apply.
0: Did you know Cascade Platinum is so powerful you can load dirty dishes in the dishwasher without a pre-rinse? That's right. Unlike other detergents,
1: Cascade Platinum has 50% more cleaning power with enzymes that break down food particles. It even works in your dishwasher's quick wash cycle.
2: Even easier. Celebrate a little more this holiday season and cross a lot more off your list. All to beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.
1: Welcome back to a pond. Further review with your host, Josh Norman, on WJQS the Fan.
2: Welcome back in. Upon further review, I am your host, Josh Dorman, and we appreciate Chris Brooks, Mississippi, uh, excuse me, capitalsportsms.com and 247 Sports covering Ole Miss. Uh, joined us there for the last two segments, breaking down all of the MHSA state championship games, and uh, as well as talking some Ole Miss football and uh, what he's seen in his uh, tenure so far there with 247 Sports. Um just a, a great conversation. Uh, a lot of you know Chris and uh, Brandon Shields that are part of Capital Sports uh, MS.com, do a great job covering our high school athletes. Um, you know, I'll put those guys. Robert Wilson uh, with Mississippi Scoreboard, who we've had on the show, uh, also does a great job. There's there's a few folks in the state that really do a tremendous job. Uh, there's certainly some in the North Mississippi area, South Mississippi area. But um, uh, they, they're just tremendous. And, listen, it's something that's, that's definitely needed from the standpoint of highlighting what these young people are doing, the communities that, he, that it impacts, et cetera. So uh, certainly appreciated uh, Chris taking some time out of his evening to join us. Um, as we as we move forward in the second hour, uh, we're going to talk about uh, – we're going to have the judge on uh, from 7.30 to 8. He's got a challenge flag. It is ready. He is ready to throw it. He's got his good call, bad call. We're also going to pick – our our games this week will be uh, – our pick uh college football, Dirty Dozen, will actually just be the conference championships. And so we'll do that in the second hour as well. I um, want to talk briefly – about the, you know, we, we ended up with some college football uh, with some old Miss conversation. We're going to move towards the coaching carousel and some conversation that I hear, see. Uh, you have to understand social media is not reality. If you go on Twitter for all of your information, uh, you're, you're, you're probably not getting reality. But uh, I, I saw something that was interesting on Twitter, and I can't remember whose feed it was on, but it was basically talking about the fact that coaches – don't have non competes in their contracts. And so it presents this ability for a coach uh under any circumstance to just roll up and leave. Now, you know, part of the protection there is a buyout. So it protects the school financially um but it really doesn't protect uh what happens in the event that a coach leaves, specifically a coach that's leaving under great terms has built a great program like Lincoln Riley uh, at Oklahoma. Now, Lincoln Riley inherited a great program from Bob Stoops. Was it as good as it could have been? There's a lot of people that, that, that will debate that with you. What you can't debate is the level at which that program was operating in the Big 12. Lincoln Riley comes out and says, listen, I will not be the head football coach at LSU didn't say he wasn't he wasn't leaving uh certainly there was there was some very creative uh public relations skills in that statement because in that moment he had to have been in in, in uh prolonged and deep conversations with uh USC so basically a day later Lincoln Riley comes out and says <clears throat> you know he accepts the job at at Southern Cal you can argue with the decision to do it. You can say that Lincoln Riley was scared to come to the SEC. Uh, you, you know, whatever, it's fair game. He, he made his decision. He's fair game for having made that decision. Uh, but I want to point to a couple different things. Number one, is it any coincidence that he took so Southern California and two of his top recruits at Oklahoma who have now decommitted from either the class of 22 or 23 are from Southern California? Uh, this did not just happen. This was not just him. Uh, you know, he looked at the situation in its entirety. One of those recruits is a quarterback. Uh, now think about his path to the college football playoff. We just talked to Chris Brooks about Ole Miss. Ole Miss is 10 and two. They are an Auburn win away from being in the mix for the playoff. But you have Georgia and Alabama up ahead to where at a 10-2 season, maybe even an 11-1 and would not have gotten an Ole Miss football team in the playoff. If Lincoln Riley goes to Southern Cal, goes 11-1 and and wins the Pac-12, his ticket is punched to the playoff. You can count on that. Where is it going to be easier for him to get to that playoff? Is it going to be in Norman, Oklahoma, where there's no defense, uh, you know, now coming to, uh, you know, to the the SEC. Uh, he struggled with, you know, they talked about uh, the D-line coach, uh, Randall Joyner at Ole Miss and the impact he had. Listen, up front, Oklahoma's traditionally struggled. Uh, Oklahoma's trad- traditionally struggled on the defensive side of the football. Ole Miss's biggest step this year was on the defensive side of football. to To win in the SEC, unless you're that, just juggernaut that LSU had uh, with Joe Burrow or you know some other teams that are the exception, not the rule you have to be able to play defense. And so if you're Lincoln Riley, you're sitting here looking at at this this uh, equation where you could go 10 and two every year and never sniff the college football playoff and oh by the way, you've got to get over the likes of Georgia, uh, you've got to get over the likes of LSU, of, of uh, LSU when they were on top of Alabama who's perennial on top. You know, is Florida going to get it back together now with Billy Napier coming down? There's a lot of things there. You know, what's the University of Texas under Sarkeesian going to do? Probably the the largest underperforming program in college football. They have access to all of the recruits, they have all of the resources, and and for whatever reason, they still can't win. But when they come over, what are they going to do? And so here's Lincoln Riley thinking, well. I love it in Oklahoma, but what are my chances to get to the college football playoff? And he has a quarterback dominant system, and Southern California is loaded with quarterbacks. Think about the SEC. You've got Randall, uh, uh, you've got uh, Bryce Young, excuse me, at at the University of Alabama, Southern California kid. You've got uh, Matt Corral at Ole Miss, Southern California kid. They develop quarterbacks in California. That's just part of it. We've talked about that on this show in the past. Um, and uh, we've talked about that with Ryan Buchanan, who develops quarterbacks. For whatever reason, this state struggles to develop quarterbacks. Southern California does not. I don't know what Oklahoma does. I know Texas developed quarterback, but I also know that his system develops pros, and and he's going to have a great opportunity year in and year out to win the Pac-12 and to be a part of at least the conversation in the college football playoff, which he probably would not have done had he stayed at Oklahoma. Now, as far as the the, um, the uh, non compete, these contracts, when you have the ability to fire, uh, whether whether you uh, whether you know for calls, not for calls, whatever it is, just performance related or a booster doesn't like you, I understand the the recruiting aspect, but I also understand that one of the the, the realities of 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 going and playing collegiate sports, we're forgetting the fact that this is not all about athletics. These kids are learning life lessons, and in life lessons, you can't just go work for companies and your boss leave and you leave. You, you have to work. You have to provide for your family. You may, may or may not like your next boss that's hired. Uh, The transfer portal gives these young people the opportunity to explore some other options, as uh, the Rattler has already done. He's already entered the transfers portal. Six kids are no longer committed to the University of Oklahoma. That is part of this process, and, and there are some ways there. But look, we're still teaching life lessons. And life lessons teach you that you just can't run from every situation. Why aren't we selling our universities as academic institutions? Our position coaches, uh, a lot of times I get it, a a coaching change uh, is is across the board and you have position coaches that leave. But but there's so much more to attending and should be so much more to attending uh, these institutions than just the head football coach. You know, what, what degree are you looking at? What major, you know, what position coach, what style are they playing? How does that translate to your future goals of professional sports? You know, what all fits into it is so important. And I just don't believe that, that one person now, look, I get it. If Sabin left Alabama, you're exactly right. Uh, there would be, it would be a, a crushing blow for that program. I get it. But why is it? It's because of the program. It's because of what he's developed, not just in himself, but across the board, uh, how that they how they operate, how they mold themselves, and so is that something that somebody could come in and replicate? Maybe. Uh, the reality, though, is I get that. Hey, a head football coach, it's tough, but we got to teach these kids that look, you can't just chase the greener pastures and the good things all the time. And certainly, you've got to understand when you go into a recruiting situation, while every expectation is made, I'm sure that last year uh, when Lincoln Riley was on the recruiting trail, I'm sure that he, uh, you know, that he, you know, told kids, look, I plan on being here forever. I'm sure he didn't anticipate taking Southern Cal. But that's life. You know, Uh, you know, we could move on from things uh, tomorrow, and that's just part of life and the teaching opportunities that come from this entire process that is college athletics. Don't go anywhere in the second hour. We've got the judge with us from 730 to 8. He'll throw his coach's flag. We'll also pick our college football uh, pick em picks, our da- uh, dirty dozen college football. We'll be picking the uh, championship games for this coming up weekend. And uh, we will also talk some NBA. How important is that number one draft pick? We'll tell you that and more here in Upon Further Review right after this.
0: Your hometown station for everything
3: from the NCAA, the NFL, to the MLB, and more. On
1: 1400 AM, 106.3 FM, and online at wjqsthefan.com. It's time now for Upon Further Review with your host, Josh Norman here on WJQS The Fan.
2: And welcome back in, hour number two of Upon Further Review. We're here with you every Monday night. Uh, just a few different reminders here. First of all, I want to remind you about Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, www.bcbsms.com. And uh, you can live healthy if you live blue. Uh, also want to remind you that you can catch us on Twitter, at uh, upon underscore sports is the show's Twitter, and mine is at JDCoach. Uh, shoot us a tweet, uh, get in touch with us. Uh, love to hear from you. Um, also podcasts, uh, any show you can catch on podcast, download it, uh, Apple podcast, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we have a lot of folks that uh, are downloading that podcast each week. And we appreciate each of you that do that, uh, as you continue to listen to the content that we are trying to bring forth, uh, for you. And, uh, so you can follow us again. It's at, it's, uh, you can just search upon further review or my name, Josh Dorman, Apple podcast, Spotify, Uh, any of those uh, locations. So we thank uh, Chris Brooks for joining us in hour number one, capitalsportsms.com, as well as uh, 247sports.com. He covers Ole Miss uh, for them, as well as doing a great job with high school uh, sports. Let's go to the NBA draft. And I was thinking about something uh, as I watched. uh, My reference point for this conversation is the Gonzaga-Duke basketball game last week. And it was a great college basketball game. A lot of fun to watch. Uh, a lot of talent on the floor. Um, but I, I got to thinking as as I watched this game, and they 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 constantly referenced that uh, Chet Holmgren for Gonzaga and uh, pa- Paolo uh, Ranchero for Duke uh, are are the consensus uh, one two of next year's draft uh, in the NBA now as I started thinking about that, I said, you know, if, if I were a GM in the NBA, where would I I like to be? Well, obviously you're getting the number one pick. That means you're in the cellar somewhere. Uh, It means that you with the, obviously with the lottery system, you don't have to have the worst record, but it's one of the worst records. And there's a reason that you're there. Uh, Generally speaking, it's, it's your players. It may be your culture. It could be a number of different things. Um, But, but I, I, you know, I started thinking about when you think of number one draft picks, generational draft picks, uh, picks that you can go back and 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 really, uh, you know, put a put a finger on as hey, that was a home run, that's produced championships, it's produced culture, uh, it, it's it's you know it's a generational pick, and you know you've got to go back to the '90s with Tim Duncan, and then you've got to you've got to head into 2003 with LeBron James for number one overall picks that really, uh, you know, were generational. So I got to thinking, I said, you know, what would happen in, in some of these years if some of these teams that had the number one pick, obviously you're bad and one player doesn't change bad. Uh, we'll talk about a, a, a team very close to us that, that we're seeing that with. One player couldn't change bad for New Orleans. Uh, they've been bad and they're going to be bad, and those reasons are not because of one player. It's because the culmination of players that they are uh, bringing in are—it's are, are, not a unit that works together uh, for whatever reason. I mean, you—you can, you, you can't just point at one player. It's not all Zion Williamson or Brandon Ingram or whoever, but one player doesn't change that. And we've not seen situations with the exception again. Tim Duncan walked into a situation in San Antonio. They had David Robinson. Uh, they had Elliot. They had some. They had some talented players already there but but when you look at cleveland uh, lebron james walked into a situation where he became uh you know basically single-handedly in some cases uh, until later in his cleveland days uh you know brought that team uh to where it could you know championship level they didn't win it uh initially but uh, he's been in a lot of championships uh, and so he, you know, obviously, you know, one of the top five players potentially of all time. You can you can rank those however you want them. But let's go back and look at this. And and and, and what I found is, you know, are you better off trading that number one pick and and, and bumping down potentially to get nah, maybe a five and a 10, uh, maybe a three and a 17? Uh, you know, obviously, in the NBA, you've got to have players, you've got to have depth. Uh, and, and, and are you better off in those situations last year's number one pick Cade Cunningham went to Detroit. He's averaging 13 points, six and a half boards, 4.8 assists a game. Uh, it's reasonable. It's, it's solid for a number one pick. Uh, it's nothing earth shattering. He's played in 15 games. Um, you know, but, but has he changed the culture in Detroit? You know, Detroit's still losing and there's a reason that, that that they're still losing, all right? Number two, Jalen Green of Houston. He's been hurt uh, to some degree, but uh, but he's averaged, look, 14 a game, three boards, again, respectable, okay? Evan Mobley, the number three pick, 14.5 and eight. Scotty Barnes, the number four pick, uh, 15 and eight. Jalen Suggs from Gonzaga, the number five pick for Orlando, 12 and three. But let's go down and and, and, and look a little bit further and look at Franz Wagner, the number eight pick, uh, went to Orlando. They picked up Jalen Suggs and Wagner in the first uh, in in the in the top eight picks, 12, 12 and four. Go down to the thirteenth pick, Chris Duarte out of Oregon, thirteen and four. I'm not so sure that the number one pick in the NBA is as valuable as they think. Let's go back to 2009. Okay, very popular draft. Number one pick. Blake Griffin, how many championships he, has he won? Zero. He's got some dunk contests. He's got a lot of highlights. He's averaged 20 a game, eight and a half boards, in, in a 12-year career. Great career. Okay, but what's he won? He hadn't won anything. James Harden, great career. Had some some tremendous teams there in Houston, 25, 5, and 6. Tremendous individual talent. He was the number three pick that year out of Arizona State. Go down a little bit further. How about, how about Steph Curry? At number seven, and six in his career, he has three NBA championships. Go down a little further. What about DeMar DeRozan? Okay, 24 and three. Now, look, he hasn't won a championship, but he's been on some impressive teams. Okay, go down a little bit further. Here's a player I want to mention here. What about Tyler Hansborough? Do you remember Tyler Hansborough coming out of North Carolina I believe that Drew Timmy out of Gonzaga is this year's Tyler Hansborough. Uh, just not going to be athletic enough, uh, not going to have the overall skill set. In fact, Frank Kaminsky from Wisconsin also comes to mind as, as undersized big men that, that, that ultimately probably he's going to get paid in that top 15, but probably not going to, uh, to be able to, to contribute significantly. Move to your 2010 draft. Who's your number one pick? John Wall. What's he done? Well, he's he's had a good career, 19 a game, four boards, nine assists. That's solid, right? What's he want? What team has he made better? You know, he's been in Washington. Now Houston, he doesn't want to play for Houston. Now he wants to play for Houston. Uh, You know, what has he done? Evan Turner is the number two pick. Go down a little bit in that draft, which not a great draft. You got Gordon Hayward at number nine. He's been solid. But but all in all, not a great draft. But when you look down and you look at number 18, Eric Bledsoe, 19, Avery Bradley, you look at number 27, Jordan Crawford, you've had some pretty solid – Paul George was in that draft at number 10. 20 points a game, six boards, three and a half assists. He's had some success, okay? Uh, so John Wall, you know, look, solid Kyrie Irving. He's had a great he's had a great career. He's won some. He's won a championship, uh, but he's also been a lightning rod. Now he's not playing because he's not vaccinated, uh, which I actually respect his stance. Whatever you choose, I respect the fact that somebody stands for something anyway. Uh, but look in that in that in that in that uh, draft class, uh, you have got Kimball Walker was taken nine, Enis Cantor was three. You know, go down. How about Clay Thompson? So you're telling me in 2009, Steph Curry was at seven. And in 2011, Clay Thompson was 11, and that's a team Bob Myers has done a great job building that team. How about Kawhi Leonard, single-handedly delivered the Raptors a championship? Okay, this is a guy that was taken 15th. Okay, and you're telling me you'd rather have uh, John Wall at one or Kyrie Irving or? And I know it's not. It's not. You you don't know those things. Uh, when when you get to those points, my point is when you take two players in five through 15 as opposed to as opposed to one player at number one, what are your chances? Your odds are much greater that you get impact players that can both immediately and in the future transition the culture of your team. Nikola Vucicic, uh, you know, was was number 16 that same year. So Kawhi Leonard followed by Vucicic. Okay. Uh, But go down, and in one of those, the Joker was actually taken in the second round uh, of one of these drafts. Think about that. You have talent everywhere through these drafts. I think I'm a proponent. Listen, if you can't just absolutely take a generational talent, I'm a proponent of trading out of that first and second pick, take that pressure off you, and let's take two picks between 5 and 15 and really uh, make a solid investment for our team. Uh, a lot to cover there, but, uh, you know, I'm looking through these drafts, and I'm just telling you that, that at the end of the day, I think the, the philosophy for the NBA has got to change. Don't go anywhere. More upon further review coming back right after this.
1: Even easier. Celebrate a little more this holiday season and cross a lot
2: more off your list. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.
1: Welcome back to Upon Further Review with Josh Dorman. If you'd like to participate in the show, give us a call at
2: 601-366-1180. Welcome back in Upon Further Review. Wanted to update you. First of all, Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi. Live healthy, live blue, www.bcbsms.com. Dot com. and I was looking, we were talking some NBA in that last segment. It was the 2014 draft that had Nikolai Jokic, the Joker, uh, for Denver. He was the 41st draft. Also included in that draft out of uh, Meridian via Duke was Rodney Hood, a uh, Mississippian. Uh, you also had Zach Levine in there. Uh, some other really nice players, uh, but you're finding that in the NBA, look at Carl Anthony, Carl Anthony Towns in Minnesota. Well, I mean, Minnesota, perennial stink. You know, D'Angelo Russell, um, you know, now in Minnesota as, 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 Minnesota as well. Uh, Chris Stapps-Porzingis, he's with my Dallas Mavericks. I think he's the best comparison to Chet Holmgren. Uh, they are lanky, long, but under, as far as physically, just not developed enough to handle the constant banging uh, and physicality of the NBA. And that's that would be my concern about Holmgren. You go get him number one, uh, and sure, he has a good skill set. But at the end of the day, I mean, you've seen him in high school and, and, and a few collegiate games here but can he physically survive an 82 game NBA season? We've seen how that worked out for uh the unicorn Kristaps Porzingis and and certainly we'll see. I, I love this one. Another kid that finished up in Mississippi uh was Devin Booker out of Moss Point. He came down uh from Kentucky, moved down his sophomore year. Think about the way that they've built that in Phoenix. They 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 had Booker obviously. Uh, they they drafted Bridges, uh, Mikhail Bridges at some point. I don't remember what draft he was in. Uh, but then they draft Aiton. If you remember, Aiton was the number one pick in 2018. Okay, uh, with Phoenix. But they've developed these guys, and and then they added in free agency. But think about that. Their their star player was was the eighth pick of the draft. He wasn't a number one pick. Ayton's a nice piece, but he's not the dominant player for that team. Um, I just I I'm becoming more and more of a proponent. Get out of the top two or three. You know, I'm I'm reading over here in 2016, top selections, Ben Simmons. You know, we see where he is. He didn't even play in basketball because he can't shoot, and so he wants out of uh of uh of Philadelphia, right? Brandon Ingram, he is, I mean, look, the poor guy. Is a talented kid, but look, he's not going to lead you to wins. He scores a lot, but look at what he, what they are down in New Orleans, uh, Jalen Brown uh, with uh, with Boston. You got Buddy Healed that was in the top six in that that draft class. Um, you know, it's just a it's just an interesting thing as you look back on it. Markel Fultz for Philadelphia, where's he now? You know, he's I think he's in Orlando getting a little bit of time. He's gotten over. Uh, some of the things. Lonzo Ball, he's in Chicago. They're playing well. Jason Tatum playing well in Boston. But but at the end of the day, these are not generational type guys. You go on down and, and you know you look at, at some of these other guys that are playing nice. I mean, look at John Collins for Atlanta. You know, He was the 19th pick. How many teams right now would love to have John Collins? I'll ask you this. How many teams would have traded if they would have known then what, what we know now, the number one pick, which was Markel Fultz, to get, let's say, the number five pick in De'Aaron Fox, and the number nineteen pick in John Collins, raise your hand. Oh, I would love that. I think we've got to start exploring this. If you're, you know, if you're uh, NBA, you know, if you're these general managers, De- Marvin Bagley was the number two pick in the 2018 draft, and and he was just benched for most of the beginning of the year. Uh, Doncic obviously was three, and Trey Young was five uh, in that draft. Jaron Jackson Jr. is playing well for Memphis. Uh, Colin Sexton was really the pick of that draft out of Alabama. He went number eight uh, to Cleveland until he got hurt this year. He was doing a great job. There's Mikhail Bridges at number 10, part of that Bridges duo uh, that went that year. Miles Bridges from Michigan State went number 12. But really, really an interesting, I, I just find it very interesting uh, to see, uh, you know, what happens in these drafts and how we get consumed with these kids like a Zion Williamson. I mean, you know, look, he's transcendent. But but could you not have seen the injury issues coming when when really his game is predicated on on his leaping ability? It just I, I feel like there's so many resources that go into these NBA franchises. And, and look, he's a great kid, too. But was he going to transform a, a, an NBA franchise? You know, I just don't know. I mean, you know, he's had a great you know when he's been able to play, he's averaged 25 and 7. He's he's been terrific. Uh, John Morant's been terrific for Memphis, but, I mean, you know, what's he led them to? R.J. Barrett, you know, he's been been average for New York. They're finally getting out of the cellar a little bit. Uh, but then, you know, again, you look down there, Tyler Hero goes 13, and, and he's been heroic, pun intended, uh, for Miami. Um, you know, just it, it's really an interesting, uh, as I started studying, Anthony Edwards went to Minnesota. That's Carl Anthony Towns and Anthony Edwards. Carl Anthony Towns was – uh in what draft class was he in fifteen, I believe. Two thousand and fifteen, uh, he was the number one pick. Is that right? My my computer froze up on yeah, two thousand and fifteen. And then in two thousand and nineteen, uh excuse me, twenty, it was Edwards. So you're talking about in a five year period, Minnesota has had two number one picks and they're both playing for Minnesota right now and they're still in the cellar you know what i you know i think that you're better off now is the point dropping out of that number 1 number 2 number 3 pick and um and uh and and doing a little bit better uh and as i'm i'm being made fun of here uh via the text message uh talking about my uh my my ability to pronounce european uh basketball players names so um uh it's very interesting uh, what comes out of these conversations? Uh, but it, look, the NBA draft is a long way away. I just found that interesting as I started looking at some of these number one picks, what they've been able to accomplish. But more than anything, what would happen if you could trade up, get the fifth and the fifteenth? Everybody's just so worried about missing out on a generational talent. But look, I think you're going to know a generational talent. You knew when Tim Tim Duncan came out. You knew when uh when 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 LeBron James came out. Uh, heck, even Kobe Bryant coming out of high school, he wasn't a number one pick, uh, and he was a generational talent. Um, so, uh, anyway, that's a little NBA coverage there for you. We're going to now get to uh, some picks for college football. And um, I just want to I, I wanna say one thing about Southern Mississippi. How about the job that Will Hall did in finishing out winning two in a row? If you're not excited about that program down in Hattiesburg, uh, then then you're missing something because that guy's got those folks excited, and he had those kids play hard all the way to the end, and that is a great trait in a coach uh, as Will Hall uh, finished out strong down there at Southern Mississippi. Let's look at some championship football. We're going to start, hey, speaking of that, in the Conference USA, and uh, and here's what we're going to do. We're going to pick champions straight up. We're not going to use lines uh, in this one. We're going to pick straight up champions – and we're going to start uh, in Conference USA bill. We have Western Kentucky uh, who is playing at uh, they're playing at the Alamo Dome in San Antonio, so it's basically a home game for the University of Texas San Antonio come who's coming off of a bad loss to North Texas. Straight up, who do you have? UTSA. Bill says UTSA. I'm going to say that they stick with it, and I'm going to go UTSA as well. We'll get the judges' pick when he comes on in a second. Let's go to the Pac-12, Oregon and Utah. Uh, Oregon and Utah, that's played in Las Vegas. Uh, Oregon number 11, Utah number 19. Who do you have winning that one? I'm going to go with Oregon in that one. Going with the Ducks. Quack, quack. Uh, I've got Utah in that one. I don't think that – I think Cristobal's moved on. I think he's got another job in hand. Uh, We might see him even in the SEC, and I think that they're going to get beat by Utah. Let's go to the Big 12, and you've got Baylor in Oklahoma State. That's played in Arlington at AT AT&T Stadium. That's number seven versus number eight. A lot of college – a lot of the postseason, the the, uh, football playoff could come down to one of these two teams. Who do you have in that one? Uh I'm looking at Baylor in that one, I think. Going Baylor? Yeah. Uh OK State got him by, by uh ten in the regular season, and I've got OK State going again. Uh, again, I think Dave Aranda is high on LSU's list and maybe looking forward. Let's go to the SEC, Georgia and Alabama.
1: That's going to be a close one there, <laughs> but I'm going to pick Alabama because I'm, I'm thinking they might they might pull this one out.
2: Going Alabama, Georgia's the only team safe, in my opinion. If they lose, they are still in the college in football it, playoff, yeah. but I think Kirby Smart wants that SEC championship. I've got Georgia. Go to the Big Ten. A surprise, Michigan, number five, beats Iowa coming off of their big win against Ohio State. Who do you have in that one? Uh, Michigan. I'm with you on Michigan, and I think Michigan – I think two, three, and four uh, from our rankings. We've got uh, Georgia one, Michigan two, Cincinnati three, and uh, Alabama four. If any of two, three, or four lose, they're out. They're out. Yeah. And I think that that, that uh, includes Michigan there, but I have Michigan winning. Let's go to the AAC. That's Cincinnati and Houston. Cincinnati wins and locks up a college football playoff berth. Who do you have? I'm going to go with Cincinnati. Bearcats zone. I've got Cincinnati as well. I think that they are uh, going to be in the playoff. Let's go to the ACC in Pittsburgh, Wake Forest. Who do you have there? Uh, let's see, Wake Forest. Going Wake Forest? Yeah. I'm going Wake Forest in that one as well. Moving on to the Mountain West. The Mountain West, Utah State and San Diego State. Who do you have?
1: i got to go with the Aztecs. That's one of my favorite teams going san diego yeah, they, state. Look, they look really good uh, this game yes they
2: did there, you know? and finally the sunbelt to the top we'll be joining them sunbelt you've got uh, appalachian state and louisiana and billy napier coaching his last game down there in raging cajun territory who do you have let's go with louisiana now Go in Louisiana. I've got Louisiana as well. And Billy Napier goes to Florida. Hey, w- even easier. Celebrate a little more this holiday season and cross a lot more off your list. All to Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful.
1: Welcome back to Upon Further Review with your host Josh Norman on WJQS the Fan.
2: you know what that music means it means that the judge is ready to hold court as he always does joining us for the last two segments every monday night from seven thirty to 8 and uh, we welcome in the judge how we doing this evening hey doing great here
0: in the uh the great southwest
2: now uh before i uh we we move move on here uh did you see the news it appears that chip kelly from notre dame is set to be named as the new uh lsu head football coach what are your thoughts on chip kelly potentially heading to lsu wait you mean chip kelly from ucla i'm sorry brian kelly from notre dame there
0: you go brian
2: kelly um i gotta give that a
0: a wow uh, I mean he's a great candidate for it. I mean, you know, that's great for LSU. Uh, and maybe he just saw that he'd hit, you know, hit the glass ceiling there in terms of the talent level with the academics involved at Notre Dame and so forth. So, uh, you know what? He's uh he's got a lot of uh incentive and motivation And, uh, yeah, that's – again, everybody wants to run to the SEC, don't they?
2: Boy, I tell you what, everybody wants a piece of that league, and then they get in it and they realize the grind that it is week in and week out, not just from a preparation standpoint, but from recruiting, from a lot of ways. Now, obviously, you mentioned it. He'll have a lot of talent to work with down at LSU, so that's some interesting development. Uh, uh, Brian Kelly from Notre Dame is uh, set to be named the new – head football coach at LSU. All right, so before we uh, we move on and get your uh, who you throw the flag on and uh, good call, bad call, let's get your picks. We're going straight up, no lines this week, and we're just doing the conference championships. So uh, we're going to start with Conference USA. That's hey, Western. I, w- Go ahead.
0: I was going to interrupt, and, and I mentioned to Bill, I said, you know, Josh, you didn't even gloat on his last week's performance or give the standings. So, well, I, I
2: think that probably gives
0: everybody an idea that you had a week.
2: Well, we didn't pick last week because we weren't on the air last week. Monday. Now the week before, the yeah. week prior, uh I'll have to pull those up. I can't remember uh what those what those were. Do you remember?
0: Well, I think you're being modest cuz you know you went 8 and 4, I do believe.
2: Oh, that's right. I, I did go I 8 went, 4.
0: I went five and seven, and I think Bill kind of took the wrong exit uh, that week, uh, if I'm not
2: mistaken. Did he throw down a think, three a I think three Bill spot? Was four
0: and eight, I believe.
2: Oh, four and eight, a four and eight. Okay, uh, and you were five and seven. I think Joey was uh, was somewhere right around that area as our guest picker there as well. Uh, right. Yeah, look, I don't want to brag, you know, but how can you brag when when you're under 500 for the year? I mean, one good week uh is not going to to get us uh uh, get me back in the game there but uh all right let's start with the conference usa you've got western kentucky and university of texas san antonio that's at the alamo dome in san antonio so basically a home game for uh university of texas san antonio who do you got
0: yeah you know uh 11 out of 12 wins uh that's pretty strong and uh, they played some pretty good comps, so I'm gonna have to go with uh, San Antonio as well as you two guys.
2: Coming off of a, they're coming off of a bad loss to uh, North Texas, but we'll see if they can get it turned around. Let's go to the Pac-12. Your neck of the woods. You've got Oregon and Utah that's played at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas. Who do you have in that one?
0: I'm going to go with Utah. I think uh, they've they really played the best ball in the second half of the season, and uh, so I'm going to go with the Utes.
2: Going with the Utes. Moving to the Big 12, the former home of Lincoln Riley. I know you've got some some information to share on that later. So we've got Baylor and Oklahoma State, and this may be the one that potentially, if somebody falters in the college football playoff standings, uh, potentially one of these teams could be in the mix for that fourth spot. Baylor and Oklahoma State, who do you have in that one?
0: You know, traditionally, Oklahoma State, they get there and then they they fall when they have the shot, a lot like ASU. And, uh, you know, they've risen to this point. They could possibly get in the playoff, and uh, that's why I'm going to go with Baylor. I don't think they can stand prosperity.
2: Going with Baylor in that one, so you and Bill stuck – uh, stuck together on, on the big 12, sec, uh, Georgia, Alabama. I think that Georgia win or lose is still in the college football playoff. Uh, Alabama has to win. If they lose, I think they're out. Uh, who do you have in, in that Georgia, Alabama game?
0: Now did Alabama have to win that, uh, iron bowl last week to get to the championship?
2: Uh, no, they were already in first because they had the tiebreaker with Ole Miss.
0: You know, do you think it's beyond Lou Sabin to sandbag a little bit?
2: Uh, it could could happen.
0: You know, I know they've been you know hit and miss a little bit in their defense and all, but I tell you, I think the old fox is uh, hanging out around the uh, opening to the in house, and uh, Saban's going to give it his best shot, going to throw everything at it.
2: I'm going to go with Bama. Going with Bama. All right, to the Big Ten, Michigan big time win over Ohio State. They will now face off against Iowa in the Big Ten Championship. Michigan wins, I think that they're in the playoff. Uh, Who do you have in that one?
0: You know, again, Michigan is kind of bouncing on the glass ceiling. When's the last time they broken through? Uh, Everybody in the Big Ten, they've been up and down. Iowa was what number five or six at one point, and so I don't think the talent disparity is that great. I guess I'm going to have to go with Michigan, but again, it's hit one week and missed the rest mixed in, uh, missed the next week, but I'm going to go with, I think Michigan has got the, uh, the package this year. So go with those Wolverines.
2: All right. We're going to the American, uh, American conference. And that, uh, features Cincinnati and Houston, uh, Cincinnati. We've got them ranked number three, uh, in our poll. I don't know where they're ranked anywhere else. Uh, but, uh, uh, Cincinnati and Houston. Who do you have in that one?
0: You know, this is one where I wish you'd get the points. I'd jump on Houston in a heartbeat. I think it was ten and a half. I was looking at that. And then you threw me the curve. But uh <laughs> and luckily it wasn't a slider. You know what? I'm gonna go with the Cougars.
2: Going with they Houston Straight up.
0: They're pretty well matched up with uh with Cincy. And so yeah, I'm gonna go uh Cougars in the upset.
2: So Houston plays spoiler. Keep Cincinnati out of the playoffs. All right. We've got uh, now let's go to the ACC. You've got Wake Forest and Pittsburgh.
0: Yeah, I got to go with Pittsburgh. I think think they're tougher. Wake maybe, you know, a little bit more explosive. But, yeah, I'm going to go with the Panthers.
2: Going with the Panthers. All right. We're going to the Mountain West, San Diego State and Utah State.
0: Yeah, I mean, Utah State's kind of a sleeper. Nobody really knows for sure. You don't see them. San Diego State, they've had a a several good year run, and they they got that program humming. So I'm going to go Aztecs like Bill.
2: All right, going with San Diego State. And finally, in the Sun Belt, Billy Napier leaving Louisiana to take over the Florida job. They take on Appalachian State in the Sun Belt. Who do you have in that one?
0: Two uh, teams that know how to play football. But I'm I'm gonna go with the Cajuns yeah I'm gonna go with Napier and the group I think they
2: uh, they got it humming. We're going with the raging Cajuns so uh, we will we this will be the week that separates us now I'm telling you I think I haven't done the overall numbers but I think we're all bunched up there pretty close uh, and so we're gonna have to see uh, you know who's gonna have bragging rights at the end of this uh, at the end of this year with regards to our dandy dozen don't go anywhere we've got more with a judge he's gonna throw his flag. He's also going to give us his good call and bad call when we come back for the final segment of this week's episode of Upon Further Review, brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Mississippi, live healthy, live blue.
1: of noise when it comes to 5g we're 5g ready we're 5g-ish at c spire we're not playing their game the fact is 5g doesn't always mean 5g speeds but thanks to our exclusive fiber technology and hundreds of millions invested in network updates we can deliver 5g speeds right here
0: right now this has been the blue health minute with blue cross and blue shield of mississippi's health and wellness expert team for more healthy tips follow us on facebook or visit bcbsms.com
1: Welcome back to Upon Further Review on WJQS The Fan. Listen to us on the web at WJQSTheFan.com.
2: And we welcome you back and do want to quickly remind you that every, the first Monday of every month, we welcome in Randy Watkins with Randy Watkins Golf Group uh, to talk all things golf in the six to seven hour of the show. That will take place next week, next Monday night. So I want to encourage you to tune in for that. You can visit and find out more about Randy Watkins Golf at randywatkinsgolf.com uh, for all of their, uh, their uh, courses, uh, different teaching opportunities, uh, and things that they have in store for the upcoming year. And we once again welcome the judge back in. And uh, I have one question with regards to the challenge flag tonight. Are you going to throw it like Mike Vrabel for the Tennessee Titans did when he had to challenge for the touchdown? Are you going to have some, some momentum behind that flag?
0: Hey, listen! I watch the Deadliest Catch, you know, and you got to throw that hook, baby.
2: Yes, yes, indeed. Well, well, who oh, are you throwing oh, yeah. the challenge I'm not flag pull on? The string on that. Who are you throwing the challenge flag on tonight?
0: Listen, and I certainly wouldn't pull the string on this one because there's something that bothers you when you look at whether it be an organization, it could be like your local PTA, it could be your local, whatever fundraising or whatever it may be, maybe your job, but. You, you, you hate to see entrenched incompetence in positions of power, you know. And, uh, you know, we see it all in our lives in various ways. But in the world of sports, I don't think that uh, – I think they may have uh, the number one spot right now. And, and that's this, this group uh, they call the Washington football team. <laughs> uh, they may be like the, uh, the Diamondbacks. They may be a A squad. Uh, up to about two or three years ago, there was a pretty storied franchise uh, that was uh, denamed due to political reasons and so forth, Uh, sensitivities, and I can understand some of that. Uh, But if you're going to make a move, you know, make a move, it's like going out to the mound and you're getting ready to call for the closer, and then you never, you never, you know, make the call. You never close the deal. And so it's been three years now, I believe, Josh, that we are uh, asked to uh, respect these guys and Daniel Snyder and his exemplary organization with the Washington football team. Well, I mean, Snyder's been hit and his organization's been outed in addition to the obvious failures on the field with uh, organizational mismanagement, sexual harassment in the workplace, toxic workplace environments, all that he owns and uh, he's worried about this political correctness. Hey, let's let's change the deal. Let's make a move, right? I think they had a, a poll among viewers or fans,
2: didn't they? I believe that was a part of this process indeed.
0: And of course, you know, uh, not aristocrats, but you know what I'm saying? Uh, guys that want to, to run the show and uh, they want to make the call. So they'll ask for all this information and then they'll finally pull the trigger. But I got a clue for him. And from now on, I'm I'm referring to them. Uh, let's just an organization that gets nothing done. Let's identify with the with our nation's capital, we'll call them the Washingtonians. <laughs> they, it's you a just team came in a city where nothing gets
2: done. You just came up with the new name for the Washington football team, the Washingtonians.
0: Yeah, no more this Washington football team. Take up a whole paragraph with that.
2: They, if if they do that, then you need to get royalty on coming up with that for sure.
0: Well, well, the station will take some credit if we're, you know, getting that widespread of uh, a range of coverage. So I got to like it. But anyway, hopefully that'll catch on. I'm done with the Washington football team garbage. And, uh, hey, let's make a move, Mr. Snyder.
2: There we go. Got to make a move. You got to come up. You got to, if you're in leadership positions, you can't be afraid to make a decision. Uh, So there you have it. Throwing the flag, the challenge flag came out. Mike Vrabel style. Uh, they yes, sir, are on the on the Washington the string, no way on the Washington football team. All right, so let's go to the good call of the week. Uh, what do you have for your good call of the week for us?
0: Well, you know, for once, I saw the NBA actually showed a little semblance of backbone here. You know, the uh, incidents in the Lakers Pistons game last week, and uh, well, at this point, you know, Lagan had returned from his uh, abdominal strain for two or three weeks until he. Thought it was time and that so he shows up and uh, gets mixed up in a play away from the ball and I'm sure most people know by now but but he hit that Stewart guy with an inadvertent elbow did you know that
2: uh, yeah that's what they say
0: I guess the NBA with all their replays they actually caught one where he, he explained the uh, the gash over his eyebrow and uh, but but you know all the uh, in addition to the NBA giving him a good call that's because the, the media and I heard like Win Horse and all these guys on this podcast the other day saying, "Oh, you know, LeBron didn't he didn't really deserve a suspension. He's got 19 years in the league where he's been he's never been suspended enough." I'm going, "Okay, well, from now on, he's going to be the back fist because <laughs> he gave that guy a purposeful back fist to the eyebrow would have made Bruce Lee proud." And to say that. The, that he didn't know he did it. He shook him down low with his hand and his elbow and went right up to the brow. And uh, so right on NBA for growing a little backbone and and giving him a one, but they could really barely say, you know, he punched him in the face. But it certainly certainly was. It's like painful for them to say that. But anyway, good job, NBA, on the back fist.
2: All right, so I got to ask you this question. This is the thing that bothered me about that whole scenario, and then we'll get on to your your bad call of the week. Oh yeah. All right. So the Stewart guy, he and LeBron are face to face, right? Yeah. Then he has an opportunity right there to do something. Right. It, you know, he's got all this rage and passion. Then all of a sudden they get broken up. They're removed from each other, and now he just goes in this absolute rage when there's 15 people between him and lebron james right is it the blood effect is it the effect of the blood coming down the eye is it the is it the the kind of uh delayed rage of uh, of the situation I just don't understand. I mean, I felt like if if you're toe to toe, nose to nose with the guy, and you have any any you know objection to what he did, or you want to do something about it, why don't you do it? Why do you wait to go into this absolute terror rage until you're separated?
0: Right. Well, I will say this: I, there were words spoken after the blow was delivered and received, and uh, Lebron's was his response was, "Sorry, man, I didn't mean to." All right okay and as i described the blow between a inadvertent elbow was one of those where you can say i didn't mean to versus what i saw and i think the video shows clearly lebron shook him down low and then yeah. cracked him upside the head yeah and so he he, he was having a momentary power trip lapse, and you know and uh <laughs> but no i i don't uh Plus, when the hot blood goes and the guy lies right in your face, basically yeah, saying, I didn't yeah. mean to when he just cracked you. Yeah. I, I could see it going off the chart. Plus, hey. you know, LeBron's, uh, LeBron's been a bull, his, especially in the second half of his career, where he probably creates more charges and doesn't get called for him than anybody in the league. He leads with his shoulder. Boosts you out of the way, and then he makes a shot. Yeah, but uh, he's not going over too many people anymore, and so you know he he bullies when it's to his advantage, and he doesn't like it when the guy gets physical with him.
2: Yeah, for sure. And,
0: and that Stewart guy, he's a strong guy.
2: He's a big dude. He's a big dude. All right, uh, yeah. let's get to uh, to your bad call of the week. What do you have for us there?
0: Well, you know, I'm I'm going. I oftentimes go against the stream. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But you know, everybody is uh, is thinking from from out here in the West Coast. You know that uh USC they just had the coup. You know they got Lincoln Riley, and uh, you know the way they did it. Suddenly, so, I mean, Riley said yesterday, "I'm not going to LSU." I guess was I'm definitely not. <laughs> yeah. Which was uh, an evasive way of not saying that I'm going somewhere else, though. So uh, anyway, uh, you know, I don't. He, Check the spell check, but I don't think there's any D in Lincoln Riley, is there? Uh, no. Is there any D? I don't. I don't think. Uh, I've never seen it as a middle initial. So so far in Oklahoma, he inherited Bob Stoops' uh, success there and the the uh, momentum they had going, and uh, he brought in some great quarterbacks. Most of them were see uh, see pass rush, run run fast, but uh, you know it hurts. Tyler Murray, of course, Baker Mayfield, he could throw the ball, and uh, he was pretty cocky, though. But, you know, I don't think Lincoln Riley is automatically going to boost USC like what happened with uh, uh, the guy at Seattle. Uh, what's his name? Carroll, Pete uh, Carroll. Yeah, Pete. And, you know, they caught lightning in a bottle, and Pete brought the right kind of approach with defense, and, and then was the recruiting taps were open. But, uh, you know, USC, it's been a little while. They're not loaded right now. I think, what were they, five and six this year? Something like that.
2: Yeah, they and, struggled.
0: Uh, yeah. So, you know, he's going to have to prove his chops if he's going to do it. And, uh, you know, more power to him if he get it done. But meanwhile, uh, I, I don't think uh, that that he was the coup everybody thinks that, that he is. Certainly didn't have the uh, ability, as Urban Meyer did, to recruit. Of course, he... May have obeyed a few more rules, but yeah.
2: Well, that will be left to be determined. We'll see what he can do in Southern Cal. But we know what yes, you sir. can do every Monday night when you join us throwing the flag and give us your good call, bad call. We certainly appreciate you, and we'll look forward to talking to you again next week. That's going to do it for us here. On upon further review, we appreciate you joining us. Don't forget to join us next week from six to eight p.m. Next Monday night, we'll have Randy Watkins with us, as well as uh, some coverage of the MHSA state champions uh, and who wins those particular contests. Uh, as we always do, I want to leave you with this: May the road rise up to meet you, may the wind be always at your back, may the sun shine warm upon your face, the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand.